I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on earth. Hey, y'all, before we get into this episode, we do have exciting news. Our podcast has been nominated as Best Local Podcast here in Savannah by Connect Savannah. Every year, they have their best of competition. It's a very acclaimed competition here in Savannah. And so it's a really big honor to be nominated for it. We really do need your help voting, though. You can vote every single day, and we have a link in our description for it. Uh, so it is under Best Local Podcast for the Most Haunted City on Earth. But while you are there, we are nominated for some other various ventures. So Savannah Underground is nominated for Best Local Theater Production. And Chris's uh, improv troupe, Odd Lot, is nominated for Best Local Comedy Troupe. And then JT was nominated for Best Local Theater Director, and that is under John Taylor Timmons if you didn't know his full name by now. So, um, but we do really appreciate you guys voting and it is a big deal if you win this competition. So let's be the first ghost podcast to win yeah, that category. Come on. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susi, And I'm JT Timmons. And today we are back with a Q&A. It's been a long time since we've done one of these. Q&A so. Tuesday. Knock the rust off of it. Absolutely. The old brain. Off the old brain. <laughs> so um, if you guys have questions and we did not read your question, please utilize the Q&A button on TikTok. You can find us under Haunted City Podcast. That is where I find all of our questions because it makes my life a lot easier than uh, scanning through all the, <laughs> the comments uh -huh. and things on our podcast um, in our TikToks. So uh, thank you to those who did submit some questions and I'm excited to get into this. But uh, first, JT, you have a few announcements for yeah, us? Yeah, super quick. Um, like we say in every single episode, uh, become a pair junkie. We want to grow our family and, uh, you know, it really, 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 really helps us. Like there's a lot of support there. So we really appreciate that. And, um, there's zero ads in anything, and I make sure that everything is, you know, put up with no ads, early access, and um, exclusive uh, stuff. So, um, we are also going to North Carolina, Western North Carolina. We're going to shoot like three or four of them bad boys on some hauntings up there, including Helen's Bridge, which is terrifying, uh, and it's great. Yep. So, yeah, um, definitely become a pair junkie. And we might talk about the moon-eyed people since they, since they haunt... Uh, the mountain Mountains, that yeah. our house right. is on. So, <gasps> oh boy, yeah. Yeah, so that's fun. That is fun. That is fun. If you don't know what a pair junkie, um, if uh, you don't know what a mobile podcast is for the pair junkie exclusive, basically, uh, what it is is we actually go to the haunting and we tell the story at the place of the haunting. Um, it's really really fun. We've shot a couple, and there's a there's a um, a good amount on uh, Patreon right now. Um, so that also like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Rate us five stars if. If it's, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, if you haven't done that already. Uh, but, yeah, smash that like button and um, subscribe. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> is, that the, is that the thing yeah. that you were talking about? Yeah. So, for those of you who are Gen Zs, um, that's for 
you. Um, <laughs> I'm okay. trying to get hip with the young people. Oh, God. Oh, don't, don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah. Beware. <laughs> Beware of me. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the questions. Here we go. Question number one from Ginger Millennial. We've had Ginger Millennial questions before. Random 1 a.m. ghost question. I feel Excellent. That. I yeah. know. Those are like the best type, right? All right. Do y'all believe a spirit can hurt you if you tell it not to? Like, at what point do your boundaries not matter? So, starting off heavy. Right. It. It's interesting. It, I've always had this concept, this, this idea that it is a question of your personal will. Um, if your will is greater than the spirit's will, you will prevail. If the spirit's will is greater than your will, the spirit will prevail. Um, and sometimes that comes in the form of faith, and sometimes that comes in the form of ritual, and sometimes that comes in the form of just bullheadedness. So um, it is my belief that a spirit cannot assail anyone who has fortified themselves, who has, uh, who calls out their boundaries and is very strong-willed because spirits don't know the limit of what we can do. However, when we have a lot of doubts, when we're kind of fearful where there's something inside, or when we're pulling from a place that isn't necessarily true, like, you know, not everyone's faith is strong, and they're calling upon a faith that's not that strong, the spirit could conceivably bypass what you're trying to set up as a wall. Um, your wall is only as strong as you as the materials you use to make it. So some ghosts can uh, can do harm even when you tell them not to if you're not utilizing the absolute purest of your intent. Um, however, a lot of ghosts are really weak. Right. So, <laughs> so don't let that scare you. Don't, you know, just know that um, it does not have to be something regimented or, 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 or religious or anything like that. It has to be something that you truly believe will protect you. Um, I've said this before that I've, I, I have on occasion carried like a knife with me on a ghost hunt. And I felt more secure by having it, knowing that I'm not going to cut a ghost. But just having that, that sensation of confidence that came from having it, the ghost doesn't know I can't cut it. Ooh. And the ghost doesn't know that I can't do damage to it because the will inside of me, the part of me that says that knife is protection, is strong enough. So, uh, yeah, find the things that you feel strengthen you and f that you feel secure with and, and utilize that as your source of faith because some people very, very easily and very well use the Bible as their source of faith. And that does, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard how protected and how, how they were able to drive yeah. back the sensations or the fear or the thing that came at them because they spent their whole lives dedicating to the idea that that is where protection came from. That was in our last ghost mail. Mm -hmm. uh, that, like an example of that was in our last ghost mail where um, the lady, uh, the sleep paralysis. Yeah, sleep yeah, paralysis. Absolutely. And she's great. She, yeah, and that is another thing. Corinne, uh, that was Corinna. Very but. rarely do they talk about this, but sleep paralysis, um, I've heard in many instances can be broken if they call out to God, mm -hmm. you know, that is not an, un, an, an uncommon event. And even if that's just reaching into your subconscious and smacking it around a little, that's fine. But again, my personal belief on that is, your will versus the spirit's will and the threshold is there because some some spirits are very willful <laughs> they mm -hmm. they yeah. have strong wills and so you have to come and face it and that's why like children for instance are so susceptible 
is because they haven't built up a faith system that is all, you know, that, that is powerful enough to overcome a very parasitic spirit whose sure. will is all about strong wall. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like to start with saying that most entities are going to respect your boundaries, you know, because I would say on average for most people who don't go into spooky places often, uh, do not do like what most ghost hunters do. You're very unlikely to encounter evil entities Uh uh, because you're not putting yourself in those places. If you encounter entities, a lot of times it's going to be your just standard entity that's going to just do oogity boogie type stuff that might freak you out. But if you tell them most of the time, they're going to stop doing it unless they're just an a-hole ghost essentially. But um, in the concept of if you did meet a stronger entity, a more malevolent entity of sorts, I find that a lot of people feel protected with knowledge, Mm. knowing what you're encountering and staying calm, staying level-headed a lot of times, that builds this wall for people because they're like, okay, cool, this is what's happening. I already know how to handle this situation. So a lot of times just reading books and things like that make people feel more secure because they're like, okay, I know what a, a demon is or like I know what this particular entity is or whatever. Um, they know what not to do. Right, right. exactly. It's kind of like, uh, you remember in Hocus Pocus where um, <laughs> basically Allison would carry around the salt because she read in the book that uh, witches can't cross salt. Oh, yeah. And so when uh, Winifred Sanderson comes into the room to grab the book, she throws this like salt circle around her and she's like, ha, you know, and, yeah. and she was like, I'm protected solely because I put salt, table salt around me and things like that. So that's a good example of, you know. If- could a witch use her broom to. That's an <laughs> Mike, excellent question. You know, as, as a and witch, I will tell you, <laughs> I, can step, I can step through salt. That's a, right, that's and a that's a question of knowledge. You know, right. if you say, oh, if you stepped over this line, you'll burn, do you want to risk it? <laughs> right. Know, if you're an entity that doesn't have that same information, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that almost, that checks out, right? Right, <laughs> if, that checks if, out. You've heard this, right? I, if yeah. I step over that, I'm going to burn? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Mm. Mm, because, yeah, a, a, a lot of things are, again, will-based, mm-hmm. you know, and knowledge is one of the greatest tools of, of building your will and making that wall really strong. Mm-hmm. The more you know, the more fortified you are. Yeah. So, you know, like Chris said, find if you if objects help you, find the object that helps mm-hmm. you. You know, a lot of people like crystals. A lot of yeah. people wear talisman. They wear, you know, all sorts of things that make them feel protected. Um, Even crafting it yourself. Right. Because the activity... Is a, is a ritual. Making something is a ritual because you have to do it. You have to focus. You have to put it all together. And then when you've made it, you know, mm-hmm. that really does. It's like, I, I made this for a purpose. And usually that purpose sticks. Yeah. Uh, even sigils, which, oh, yes. you know, you can learn how to make your own sigils. I know people who put sigils everywhere. People mm-hmm. carve them in the bottom of yep. their shoes. They put, <laughs> they put them in everything. So, you know, it, just find what works for you. But overall... Most entities are going to respect your boundaries, truly. Right. Yeah. You know, when you think about, you know, how many murderers do you know personally? I'm hoping it's few. Uh, <laughs> well, or, that's, or maybe that's the fun part. Or maybe, right? or, 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 or maybe none. 
Um, you know, people go their whole lives without being murdered. So um, that, you know, should tell you something. Uh, not, not as many murderers as you think. Right. For some reason, I feel, I feel, you know, everyone, everyone knows that I, that I feel uh, protection with, with religion and whatnot, but I also feel the weird, I also feel a weird protection of like basking in, in the, the scary. Okay. Like, I would I don't, like, like to make like, a statement about that like, for right? you particularly though. Oh, me. Okay. Oh, yeah. There yeah. we go. Because <laughs> JT likes to act tough when he's like, yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of a ghost, but blah, blah, blah. So we had a ghost in our house the other night. Um, oh God. This literally this happens story. all the time. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we had a, a ghost in our house. It wasn't our ghost. It was, um, a, I'm pretty sure somebody who was staying in the Airbnb above us. I'm pretty sure it was one of their ghosts. And sometimes ghosts get, you know, bored and they move about. They have some free will as well. So it decided to come into our apartment. Mind you, (laughs) there is a button that JT tried to teach Argyle how to talk with. You know, if you've ever seen on the internet, people teaching their dogs, like feed me, things like that. Well, JT's got an interesting sense of humor. So he recorded this button to say, feed me daddy. And um, basically... That uh, training program really died quickly, and one of those <laughs> buttons went underneath our cabinet that had that our microwave sits on. Well, basically, we were getting ready for bed. I get out of the shower, and I hear the button go, feed me, daddy. Well, JT usually is feeding the dogs at this point, so I thought he was trying to pick this back up to teach the dogs, you know, yeah. how to use the buttons. So I go into the kitchen, and I was like, oh, are you, you teaching him the button again? He's got this look on his face. He's like... Uh, I didn't press that. And so I was like, that's really weird. I'm like, and I go and I look under the the cabinets, the button's still under there. And I look at it. I'm like, everything seems fine. It was used maybe twice. So the batteries shouldn't be a problem. And so we were like, okay, that was weird, whatever. And we go and we lay in bed and suddenly from the kitchen, we hear, feed me daddy. (laughs) And JT literally just goes, Madison, if it does it one more time, you're going to have to go out there and tell it to go away. <laughs> Literally, I did. He was so freaked out. He's like, we are not doing this. Well, it's <laughs> just like, it's like, ugh. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> God. It's like, I swear, if I, if, I, if I married anyone but you, this wouldn't happen. That's <laughs> very true. pony up and be like, uh. <laughs> but, but no, no, no. I wouldn't encounter ghosts. Yeah, like, ghosts oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. We were on the couch. We were literally on the couch. Uh, uh, three nights ago yeah. and we watched Bachelor okay and and we love Bachelor and we're just watching Bachelor and I see I see my wife do like this number where she like turns over to the left towards the kitchen and out of absolute nowhere she says there's a ghost in here and I'm like I'm like what and, and it was and Rosemary like, so you know yeah she she was just hanging out and and uh, yeah, you felt like her name was Rosemary. You started to feel these things about this ghost, and I'm just over here like, well, then go sage it or something. Yeah, go sage oh, it. I'm like, no, she was just hanging out. She was just kind of like exploring. She wasn't annoying, and that's the thing. I won't make you leave if you're not annoying. It's like, um, she was interesting because her name was Rosemary, and the way that started to come about is I saw her over there. She was like an older lady with long gray hair. Yeah, that's not scary at all. 
And I smelled like a really strong scent of like roses. Yeah, you did. And I was like, oh my God. And you're watching Bachelor? Wait a minute. Right? <laughs> I know, right? She was like, I love this just, show. Let's just hope it's not the final rose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no. And then I, so I smelled the roses. And I was like, do you smell the roses and stuff? And then he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, and then I started getting the name Rosemary in my head. I'm like, oh, she's just trying to tell me her name. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm just here. You know, when you live under an Airbnb, something people of, yeah. something people don't understand is that a lot of people have ghosts, and then they realize I'm there, and they pop in. They make un- unannounced visitations. During Bachelor. Yeah. They're interrupting my Bachelor time. It's- bachelor Nation, would you, <laughs> would you stand for that? Absolutely not. You go sage it. No. Go sage it. <laughs> it's worth saying, people are more likely to be haunted than houses. For every haunted house that you've ever heard of, people are far more likely to attract supernatural activity, to attract ghosts, because we are alive, mm-hmm. because we, we're interesting. You know, old abandoned houses have spirits that are trapped by location, but there are a lot of homeless ghosts out there. There are ghosts that mm-hmm. do not have a, a specific reason. They're not there to avenge their death. They're not there because they're there because they didn't go anywhere else. And they have nothing to accomplish here. They, their unfinished business is staying on this plane, being alive. And they just wander. They just wander aimlessly. That's why so many places that, you know, have never had, you know, new builds or, you know, theaters or things like that will have ghosts that have nothing to do with the mm-hmm. space, with the, you know, everybody's like, well, go back to the history books. Go back and find out who lived there and, and what, and, and, and maybe you can figure it out. The truth of the matter is, Lots of, of roaming ghosts, homeless mm. ghosts, and they will they will find you. They will, you know, uh, it's weird. There's a lot of stories of like encountering a spirit in a in a graveyard. Ghosts do go to graveyards, and they do hang around their bodies because it's the only vessel that they had in life. And so there Aww. is a good chance that yeah, you know, th- they're sad. they're one connection and 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 thing. And after everybody else is dead, who knew them they kind of end up dwelling in that area, but that's also where they see people walking by mm. and they see people and they're like, Oh, that person looks amazing. Or, or, or even better. Someone like Madison will look and say, Oh, there they are. And they're like, Oh, she saw me. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. follow that one. Yeah. And they will, and they will, they will attach themselves to you. So, so thanks babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I know my, I Appreciate know my it. ghosts. I know the ghosts that are, I, I picked up a cat recently, uh, a ghost cat specifically. Mm-hmm. Ghost cat. Yeah. So that's my newest addition, but I know the ones that are around me. And so that's why I can really tell when there's a new one. That's better. all right. Let's get on to the next one. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here we go. Uh, Shogun Kinpo asks, so where do ghosts get their clothes? Uh, modesty interesting they form it because they they remain modest they remain because they were raised to be clothed when they form themselves they are utilizing whatever creates their apparition because their apparition is not a physical thing it's not you know um it is how they they try to 
show themselves. Uh, and I've talked about this before. I believe that ghosts have stages. When, when they're full apparition, they're presenting as closely as they can to the person that they were in life. And unless that person was always naked, they're going to present with clothes. Over time, they lose that definition and they just become a shape, you know, and, right. then, and then you get these shadow shapes, these, these figures that you're like, oh, well, there's a man there. And that kind of delineates, you know, the, the, the clothes or, or even the face, the form, mm -hmm. you know, it, it gets hazy. And then, of course, it goes to mist because it's not even holding the human shape anymore. It is now just an entity that exists and is, in pre and is present, but can't really look like something. Um, and they're all desperate for... Uh, form, you know, um, and I've said this many times, if you see a spirit that doesn't seem to have a form and you start to give it form, it will assume it. It'll be mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be that for you. Yeah. You, you, sure. need, you need me to be Abe Lincoln? I'll be Abe Lincoln. Right. Like, he had a beard, right? And a top hat. Okay, all right, I'm doing it. Um, which is why you should never look at a shadow and say demon. <laughs> right. Because they were like, oh, yeah, I could do demon. I know demon. Because a lot of people will encounter demons that are like textbook picture demons it's like mm -hmm. that's probably not what a demon looks like actually but because it's trying to be what we want you know we're like demon demon it's like demon a demon yeah what does a demon look like oh yeah it's got horns it's got a big tail and a tongue and and <laughs> it's like is this good is this good am i doing good and you're like ah and like, that must be good so <laughs> so be mindful all right <laughs> ghosts are looking for for sure for some kind of form to hold on to yeah i um I would definitely say most spirits are wearing their favorite outfit yes. or whatever yeah. they felt represented them the best. You never see, unless they were buried in their favorite outfit, you never see spirits in, you know, um, whatever they were buried in. Like, like funeral garb. Yeah, funeral clothes. Because honestly, they're usually stuffy and ugly, right. you know. Well, and, and you will oftentimes see them in what they died in. Right. That's because a that was point. an impression of the of their last moment right. of life they're mm. clinging on to the very last moment of their life and and they're presenting as that last moment you know and usually that's w with violent death right you know that's that's kind of where you get this notion of the bloodied and the and the wounded it's because in those moments of the high anxiety it's like a very peak moment of psychic energy and it sticks that's mm -hmm. how they present themselves because they want people to know when they see them what happened to them mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's the same logic of, like, if you died in your sleep or something, you're not necessarily going to wear the same outfit forever. Because I know I've heard people be like, I don't want to die in ugly pajamas because I don't want to be in ugly pajamas for the rest of my existence. You know, that's not really the case. I, I, I truly think, like, most people, it's, because I've seen spirits that are, like, super dressed up to the to the nines and whatnot but then i've seen some spirits you know especially some of the elderly spirits that live in savannah you know i've seen like one guy who was wearing like a purple hoodie and like you know some baggy sweatpants and stuff Must and be comfortable oh yeah well that that was just the outfit he liked and i think that's what truly matters because a lot of our personality and our, um, you know, the way we carry ourselves is through our clothes and how we present ourselves to people. So it would make a lot of sense of why right. you would choose an outfit that you felt represented you. And, and you hear all the time people talking about um, 
uh, a specific gar you know garment that the person was wearing, and that garment being the identifying thing. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, he was wearing a red coat. A red coat. Well, that was blah 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 blah. Or mm-hmm. you know, he was wearing the the, the purple hoodie. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, Jim used to always wear that purple hoodie. So you 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 get these ideas that they're they're they are identifying themselves with what they're wearing as well. Something that is recognizable as them or, yeah. or presents them. Exactly. All righty, on to the next one, and Chris, you're gonna love it. Oh, good. Burke Dirk underscore <laughs> Burke Dirk. I, Burke. I already love it. <laughs> asks, why are Dybbuk boxes so scary? <laughs> uh, it's weird, um, and 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 technically, I would say that uh, a Dybbuk box is so scary uh, because of that terrifying eBay story. Uh, you know, um, uh, because I think that there was always a simple reverence around Dybbuk boxes. They were not common. Uh, to everyone, it is particular to a faith and is particular to a practice. Um, and even the concept of a dybbuk itself is uh, is a little innocuous to begin with, but it it generated so much because once a spirit is trapped in anything, such aggression occurs. And the reason why we trap spirits. In, and, and a Dybbuk box isn't the only type of box. Uh, you know, a, a small wooden boxes are used in many different faiths and many different things to capture and catch ghosts. Um, in certain parts of the world, they'll even use an egg. They'll yes. like, like oh, uh, yeah. d- d- take a spirit and make, and make it go into the egg. And then there's a huge ritual around the egg to huh. ward it, to com- combine it, to, 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 and, and to create a ritual of passage for whatever spirit it is. Eggs are very protective. Eggs are very protective because spirits cannot, uh, they recognize the functionality of an egg in the system, the spiritual system of existence, that it is a nebulous place before existence. It, 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 it is uh, a symbol of the soul. Um, we use it as the symbol of the soul a lot. Uh, so eggs and, and other things, whatever we use to capture ghosts, but the Dybbuk box is different because it is a very fierce, fortified barrier and the spirit is now trapped inside and that even if the spirit wasn't particularly aggressive or terrible Mm -hmm. that will make it terrible you know that will make it vengeful that will make it all the more dangerous you've kind of like imprisoned it you you have imprisoned you've imprisoned and that is one of the things that people uh have 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 forgotten about anything any tool we use to limit a spirit even the 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 rites of exorcism to limit a spirit is really binding it and really putting it in a position where it cannot you know be free sure and that is in my estimation that is the 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 the, the core of the danger of a dipic box because a dipic inherently has properties that are harmful that could that could be harmful. That are you know usually uh, closely related to revenge and death and 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 deceit and pain. Mm-hmm. But you take a an entity like that and you put it in a small box and basically say you'll never get out. Imagine just bouncing around in that box, waiting for someone to be foolish enough to open it, like a genie or hell, like a genie. Well, and that's uh, that's a good point. Genies are very similar to the Dybbuk. Because we think that genies are rub the lamp and, <laughs> and get wishes. No, the jinn are very potent, frightening, and terrifying entity with 
vast powers. And when we trap them, they're not waiting to serve us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not hoping we're going to let them out and, and, and yeah. be like, oh, right. let me give you some stuff. No, they are going to be full of wrath and vengeance and, and anger. Yeah. And outside of the, you know, spirit being stuck in the box thing, you know, a lot of it, I feel like comes from the fact that, you know, any type of witchcraft has always been demonized throughout history, even if it's for good and things like that. And partially because a lot of things with witchcraft, they look horrifying, you know, uh, specifically protection things. Uh, Mm. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a witch's jar, Mm. but good God, it's horrifying looking uh, because it's a jar with nails in it and urine and like, yeah, Yeah. for real. Like it's a thing. It's very protective, very, you know, potent and successful. So if you, if you do that, I understand why, but it looks horrifying. And then you usually put like black a candle um, with a black uh, candle on it and that only heightens it. And then same thing with divot boxes. A lot of times they have sigils on it, pentagrams, you know, which are both protective things. And then, you know, the same black candle wax and whatnot, and makes it look even more horrifying. And so people who don't understand that those are all protective measures see that and they're like, this is dark magic. This is evil magic. And that's not the case. No, it's not. So. Especially with a debit box. Right. A debit box, you know, has to be I believe it, it. It has to be overseen by a rabbi. Right. It, it definitely. What? Yeah. No you, way. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. You cannot. You cannot just trap a spirit. You have to use very specific rituals, especially. So, so and, it's, and it's a, a Jewish thing. It is a Jewish thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. A, a dibbuk is a Jewish entity that derives from either acts of violence or or deep rooted. Uh, aggressions and angers it, it it's kind of like a like a, if a mood could become an a, a, an entity mm. it becomes a dibic the dibic uh kind of sways your actions makes you do things against you know see. the will of god and against the will of man so there is there's a lot of, of a conversation of dibics and and I'll, I'll go on the record and say i'm not really well versed in it but those are the things i understand about it it's not. It's not a simple, you know. Uh, put the ghost in a box and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, 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 it's a process. It, it's a process. And in my understanding, there are many dibic boxes in the world, but they are usually guarded familially. They're usually huh. held. You know, somebody copped it, and they're like, "It's your responsibility now." Sure. And the, and the family takes on the responsibility, and they and they you know I've heard many occasions where people are like, yeah, I was up in the attic and I found this, and you're like, no. <laughs> right. uh, so so yeah, you know, just be be mindful that by by the by the by the nature of the beliefs around it, the dibic box is full of a deep aggression and a deep uh, desire to come out and when it comes out it will seek vengeance on all living things around it all right here we go uh moving on moving on moving on uh we have a question from kirsten dot doria what are your thoughts about pictures of ghosts having reflective eyes do you believe an apparition can show up with red eyes on film Hmm. So on film, I'm assuming you're referring to like a film a, camera, like a film camera. Well, 
intriguingly, um, when you see like red eyes in photographs, you know, the, the reflective flash off of things, um, you know, it's, it's, it's literally reflecting off of, you know, the, the interior of your pupils, you know, it's, 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 it's coming back, uh, as red eye. Uh, but we talk about this a lot. Spirits are attempting to look like something. They're attempting to look like things. And one of the things that I found, because uh, I've seen a couple of, of very compelling like night vision things where the spirit had what is normally reserved for animal eyes. Hmm. You know, when you see a night vision, an animal look into a night vision camera, it usually glows with a very you know, intense light. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like really creepy when you see like an animal in, in that humans generally don't give off that like shine mm-hmm. because animals have, uh, their eyes refract higher so they can see in the dark. Um, even, and we do too, but not like, you know, animals have practical night vision. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't really have that much night vision. So you should be able to see like mm-hmm. the weird glints, but when you see something that's like super bright in the eye, um, it's possible that you're dealing with something that is trying to form a human form mm-hmm. and maybe has something left over of an animalistic tendency. Demon. For lack of a better term, demon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, um, it's always a weird concept of, you know, whenever something is paranormal looking in a photo and then it, there's something off about it, it always brings up questions because honestly it's very rare to truly get a uh, a photo of an entity with reflective eyes right i've seen maybe a few even with eyes at all right right uh, meaning that it's not so clear right exactly where they look like it's just kind of vacant usually um i would agree with you chris that it more than likely is something that's trying to manifest and it's attempting to do something right you know and that could also mean in the way of it, they are only able to form with lizard eyes or, you right. know. Uh, there, was, uh, there was a video a long time ago, uh, and I want to say it might have been French, um, where they go into the cemetery and there's a girl sitting on a bench in a cemetery. But when she turns, it looked like she had lights for eyes. You know, they, oh. they, they were so bright and so, like, when she turned, it was so alarming to see. And, of course, the person taking the video ran away, which is the appropriate response, by the way. Right. <laughs> you ran away. Uh, but I always think about that when people talk about strange eyes because of the level of light coming out of the eyes. It was just so bizarre because it did not look like – it did not look – faked like mm-hmm. it did not look like a digital effect it did not yeah, and, and yeah. it was really before digital effects were readily available to mm-hmm. people um so it was like how would you do that how would you make it because you could see her eyes but the light coming out from them was uncanny and i had huh. this feeling that like you know there's something that happens with cameras that detect reality differently oh, than yeah. we do absolutely you know because I'd be interested if we ever caught a photo of it, but there's an entity here in this building that has red eyes that I've seen personally. And I don't know if that would necessarily come across in a photo, even though I know that but it that's does. that's worth talking about too, is that the connotation of red eyes generally is demonic. Uh, it, it generally isn't a human entity with red eyes. Um, Unless you're telling the story red eyes in which you're looking at the burning coals that they placed in the eye sockets of a pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, 
And that's a totally different thing. Right. Uh, you know, like you do. As one does. I actually think they, they burned his eyes out with a red hot poker and his eyes uh, glow red. Red eyes, if, you're, if you live in any coastal town that may have had pirates, you probably have heard the story of red eye. It's red eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a pretty famous uh, pirate tale or ghost story. Sure. Past that, if you see red eyes in the, in the dark, you're either dealing with Mothman or a demon. Oh, I wish. It's not Mothman. It's not Mothman. No, and Mothman uh, is my, my wife would leave me for Mothman. Is that Mothman's <laughs> eyes are big and round. Yeah. Not, you know, not, yeah. not normal eyes. They, they look kind of yeah. like, you know, big bug eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that, I noticed, strangely enough, uh, that most ghost photos are caught on iPhone cameras. Uh, like just your it's regular really coming out, I, I, but I think it's because we take far more pictures. That's true. It's how many pictures, not necessarily we, we you know, the the number of times we we're we're taking pictures with our iPhones versus when we used to just have cameras. Well, when you had to pay well, to well, get, them and and get them printed. So. I would I would say here's here's what I would say about that though because. So, like, if I have my Canon EOS R, if I, you know, again, I, I mentioned that that it's all digital for me. Uh, it always has been. So, you know, that's like my my go to is my is my like you know digital camera. So the EOS R, um, if I have that, you know, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm you're right. I'm taking less photos because I'm in a different lighting situation and I have to make adjustments and I got a fifty on and I need to have, I need to get wider just you know stuff like that. But you can also say that. That the iPhone exposes automatically to the best, uh, to the what the what what's going to look the best. It's automatic exposure. You can you can manipulate the the f stop and all of that stuff. Uh, but it has an automatic setting. But it's got yeah. the automatic setting. Now, almost everybody uses. I even use automatic setting. I don't go into the settings of my iPhone and change the f stop ever really. It, but you know, with the EOS R, you never. Any professional filmmaker is never going to use automatic mode. You're just not going to do it, you know? Um, and so I think that a lot of it is perfect exposure. It is, but it's also keep in mind that the iPhone is also an incredible tool of communication. It has all kinds of different devices in it that, you know, tell it where it is, how it moves. It's mm-hmm. transmitting, it's receiving at all times, which means that it is also a conduit. It is an excellent thing for a spirit to, to know that there is all this extra communication. We don't, you know, we don't have a, a firm understanding of like how Wi-Fi and paranormal necessarily yeah, come yeah. into contact, how Bluetooth and paranormal necessarily have come into contact. But it's worth noting that an iPhone is more than a camera. It is a telecommunication device. It is, you know, uh, and since the beginning of phones, people have told ghost stories of getting ghostly calls in the middle of the night of having all these things happen. So it also might be the fact that it is a communication device that is also being used to capture imagery, Um, which also now brings me to the wonder if you turned on your Wi-Fi on your DSLR. Yeah. It, would that increase your chances? Because now it's transmitting. It's now it's now transmitting and receiving signal. Maybe that is another another level of ghost hunting paraphernalia. Know, interesting. Um, so you know, worth worth the experiment. The next time we go out ghost hunting, we might want to try to hook because uh, I want you can hook it up to your phone, right? The the the, the, the Canon R five. What, uh, the EOSR? The EOSR. Yeah, the EOSR. Uh, hook what up to the phone? Uh, like to Wi-Fi. The Canon app oh, via yeah, Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if that oh, were yeah. running, there Absolutely. might be 
a a, a, yeah. a, a communicative Sony uh, structure. Yeah, the A7S3, uh, the A7S3, you can use this as a uh, separate monitor. Yeah. yeah, and you can record off of it, and you can take it like so 30 I, feet away. I wonder if that's, uh, that's something worth ex- experimenting with uh-huh. is the difference between taking pictures, you know, straight from the camera or utilizing that Wi-Fi tether sure. if, it, if, it, if it creates some kind of uh, interesting effect. Interesting. All righty. Let's uh, go to the next one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Joe Hargroves one asks, can someone be sensitive in the sense of predictive dreaming? There's times that dreams mean nothing at the time, but play out at a later date. Yes, yes. that's called claircognizance. Uh, so basically claircognizance is the, uh, when you have predictive dreams, you've got knowledge that you typically should not know um, because nobody has told you it. It's uh, essentially, a lot of people used to believe that it was like divinely bestowed on you as a- Prophecy. Exactly. Like, you know, all of those stories in the Bible of people having dreams that's essentially claircognizance or having prophetic dreams or they're uh, give, being given this knowledge for a reason. So, Nostradamus. Nostradamus, you know. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, all those people that you've heard of, thats it's all the same thing. It just comes across a little bit differently. It's less grandiose in a non-storytelling <laughs> way, you know. Um, but a lot of people, it can be simply, you know, they have, they, it starts out with deja vu and stuff like that. And then it, as they hone in on it, they start to be able to decipher what those dreams are. Um, you know, I've heard of it. Actually, it's Radar um, who had a dream one time where her friend, uh, you know, she had a dream where her friend was there. She couldn't see him, but she knew he was there. And it was all white. And she just knew that he was really badly hurt. And that was it. Um, Along with being, it was going to be near the new year. So she was like, okay, that's weird, whatever. And then she calls the friend and is like, hey, I had a weird dream about you. Um, I had a dream that around New Year's that you were going to get really hurt. And so maybe like be careful around New Year's or something. And they were like, ah, whatever, you know, uh, completely dismissed it. Well, on New Year's, uh, Eve, basically, she gets a call from this person and was, and they were like, hey, guess where I am? And she was like, I don't know, where are you? She's like, uh, he's like, I just got into a skiing accident and I'm on my way to the hospital and I have to have surgery because I tore my ACL. Mm. And so basically the white that she was able to distinguish was the snow, snow. and oh. stuff like that. It was the snow and the reason why she could feel that she didn't have all the details. She just knew that something was going to happen and that's what happened. So, you know, that's a good example of people who have those sort of dreams. And some people are able to fully dive so deep into them that they're able to get names, numbers, you know, Mm -hmm. 
uh, there was a really interesting episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which honestly, in my opinion, I think was a little bit solved. It was, you know, nearly as unsolved as they think. Yes. And, um, well, they just never found her. That's they just never found her body, but like they knew, they knew what happened. And so basically, yeah, this woman, she moves into this apartment and her daughter, uh, basically was seeing this woman in uh, her room and she became friends with her and things like that and so she would ask her like who this woman was yada 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 the daughter would tell her and she just thought it was an imaginary friend well she started having dreams where she was flying over locations and she was getting dates she was getting um, street names she was getting like uh, what was it it was like uh, coordinates Mm -hmm. and she didn't know where this place was and then she did some digging on the daughter's imaginary friend and realized that this woman who she was seeing was the woman who lived in that apartment prior but she's been missing and so she put the two and two together went to the police and is like hey i think i know where this missing woman is yada 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 gives them all this detail and they were able to connect the crimes because of this woman's dreams. Definitely an interesting episode to watch. I yeah, only gave you the, watch the skim, skim details for the for time's sake. But basically, yeah, because of her prophetic dreams that she had never had before until moving into this apartment, you know, it's um, she was able to help give some clarity to this crime, in my opinion, help solve it. But, you know, it's still unsolved. Yeah. Because it, it, didn't it is fascinating because... There's a there, there's a scary aspect to the future, um, if it's set, if you can see it. Um, it really raises the question of free will. It really raises the question of what's going on. But one of the interesting things that I that I had heard, uh, because it, it has to do with divination, like whether or not you should. I, I strongly always tell people, don't try to see the future, don't look for the future. Um, because our, our, our human experience seems to be about experiencing life one day at a time, yeah. about being in the present. And there are certain people who, ha- who have been gifted sight into the future for whatever reason. But the story that, that always came to mind was this concept that, that there's this book of everything, the book of life, the book of, you know, God said, mm-hmm. this is it, guys. And all the angels came together because uh, I think in Genesis there's actually a a passage in which God shows the plan and everyone says, this is good. Okay. You know, they all said, this is good. And it's like, well, who are they? Um, anyway, it's the host. It's the, it's the angels. And this is before the war in heaven. And so before the war in heaven, God shows all the angels the book and they all say, that's a great plan from beginning to end. Perfect. Then the war in heaven happens. It splits. The demons are, of course, fallen angels, the mm-hmm. ones that mm-hmm. could not defeat God. They fall into the pit, and many people say that the pit is actually earth. They fall to earth, and there they are amongst us. Guess what? They saw the book. They know the future, and they can leverage the knowledge of the future oh. to ensnare us. So wow. when a spirit offers us visions of the future or tells us about the future, you might be dealing with... A, a demon who is basically oh, trading on yeah. the knowledge. And and that becomes like why why it's different when you are like asking the Ouija board 
you know, where, where am I going to work? What, 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 yeah, yeah, what's yeah. my job going to be? And things like that. Cause you don't have control over who's answering the questions versus being asleep and traveling through the plains and being granted this information because we have a long history of divine prophetic moments where, where you're being given insight to the future. Um, and, and I, I've talked about this before that the time is the illusion we created so that we can experience the entirety of existence. Oh, wow. We do it piece by piece, but it's all already there. All of time is already one big ball. It's not, it's not moments strung together. It's just we have to define it as, as it appears in our consciousness. Um, like we're chewing our way through an apple. You know, like we're, right. we're, we're, you we're know, that reminds That reminds me of uh, my, my, my favorite circle of hell in Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. the, Everybody should have a favorite. Yeah, mine is it, literally the first. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I really, really love uh, the Circle of Hell, where the fortune tellers yeah. are, are are walking around for eternity. It's like in the dark, and their faces are turned to the back of their head. Yeah. Because so they can never see what's in front of them. I freaking when i read that so when, insane, oh yeah. i was like oh that's so good that's so good because i got this like nasty crazy visual that's all i wanted to say yeah uh, no it's it, really well, interesting and, and and i think that that comes to it that comes to this idea that if we are meant to know we'll know if we're not meant to know we won't and when we try to bridge the distance you risk things i'm not saying that's all bad i'm not saying that it's it's all contaminated or it's or or it's wrong I'm just saying it's what you should be aware of uh, because our perception is, is developed for a very specific purpose in the very specific way, just like not being able to see ghosts, not being able to, you know, those things are reserved for people who are, are, are guideposts to us, not necessarily everyone. Not everyone should see ghosts. Not everyone should right. uh, be in tune with these things, but without people who can and without people who know we would have our sense of wonder would be deeply, deeply uh, uh, diminished. And I find also that a lot of times people don't consistently have prophetic dreams right. and stuff like that. Sometimes they have one prophetic dream and that's the only time they ever have one. Um, and I feel like it's almost, you know, whoever you're having the dream about, it might be their spirit guides, like saying like they're oh, not sure. listening, you know, and sometimes it takes things like another person having a dream and being like, Hey, I had this dream about you. Maybe you should think about this. You know, it's not always grandiose in the way of like predicting a major world event or right. things like that. A lot of times it's about people that you know, and you're in their circle, which means that you're susceptible to their guides, their, you know, protective beings and whatnot. So, uh, and if you haven't listened to our, le our I think it was our latest ghost mail uh, with, I believe, Ashley Werner's um, story um, where she. It was the, uh, the third ghost mail, not the fourth. So okay. it was the second to last. Cool. Yes. Listen to that one about her dream where she had uh, the dream about her friend who had been killed in, in late. In the tall grass. Yep. In, in the, the tall, tall grass. grass. You know, it's one of those sort of situations where, you know, it was for a reason because maybe they needed that information and nobody else is going to be able to acquire that information. And sometimes, too, it is not about stopping the event. It's not even about uh, sometimes 
It is more about being reassured of the synchronicity of, of life and, and, and of the concept of a plan. Being able to see something that comes to pass might just be about suggesting that time is the illusion and that our existence is, uh, is divine in a lot of ways. So being able to see these things could conceivably, like you know, the guy who breaks his leg coming down a ski slope, the rest of his life he's going to know that someone had a dream that it would happen. Yeah. And all of a sudden his world is just a little more wi- you know, a little wider. He, uh, it's a little more open. So that could be it too, is that we're, we're all fiddling with a dial. We're all learning to accept a world that is more wondrous than we uh, than we know day to day. Comment and let us know if you want to do if you want us to do an episode on uh, Nostradamus because I think oh, that's Nostradamus such, is amazing. Yeah. It's so cool, so fascinating. But let's go ahead and let's ask this last question. And this is Taylor and Luke. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, when when she asks, when mirrors are fogged up from a shower slash bath, does it blur the lines between our realms? Does it make it easier to communicate? I might regret asking. <laughs> we all know how I feel about mirrors. <laughs> and bathrooms. <laughs> and bathrooms. I know, right? Put them together. No. Uh, that is an excellent question. What an excellent question because I have many times come across ghost stories that involve writing on a mirror that's been fogged up hmm. like coming out of the shower and looking at the mirror and seeing words like scrawled like somebody had written them with their fingers um to the point at which i actually had an experience where i was kind of being terrorized around uh the savannah theater as a matter of fact and i found myself locked in the building and i was standing at the the window or the glass doors and a voice like very clearly inside my head said fog up the glass with your breath and i'll write you a message and I was like, no, thank you. That is not what I need right now. Um, so I think that if we're talking about just the mirror aspect and the spirits behind the mirror concept and fogging it over, does that make it easier to communicate back and forth? I almost think if there is a spirit, as I have, I've, I've said this many times, it is honestly just my own childhood anxiety uh, stemming from this book that may or may not exist. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that it, any fogged mirror, any covered mirror might make the spirit a little agitated. Mm. Um, there's a sensation, and I have phobias. I have a lot of phobias, bathrooms, phobia. Um, so when a mirror is, is, is fogged up, I just imagine whatever's behind the mirror, like, really wanting to see like you've obscured its vision and and i i think yeah it might be easier to communicate with it but i think it might be very agitated as well Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's uh that's a really thoughtful question because it it it, it's about obscuring the line because on the other hand by fogging up the mirror whatever's on the other side might feel more comfortable sure Mm -hmm. might feel you know, emboldened because you can't see what's going on on the other side of that, that glass. And, and maybe the reflection that you do see through the fog doesn't have to be perfect. So it can present itself a little, you know, a, a, a little clearer for itself, but it's, it's, it's obscured. Um, yeah, those are all interesting and fascinating. Uh, it makes me, it makes me wonder if, uh, if you can write 
in a mirror in yes. the fog and communicate. Well, I, I I knew a woman who said that she did. Oh, she would write high, uh, like on the mirror, like just smear it with her finger before she goes in the shower, and when she wow. comes out, she'll be able to see the high. But there's usually some mark that's that's there, and she like, would always like what's up. Well, it, uh, it was never words with her, but she would say <laughs> yeah, that there would like be something that looked like someone oh. ran their finger down at the bottom or something, like That's they were wild. trying to say something. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I, I've met people who said that full messages, they came out. Uh, one guy said that he came out, and on the mirror it said, I know why I died. Oh, Lord. Was written on his mirror. Bruh. And he was sure Bruh. that one of his friends That's had right. come in and done done it, and they swore up and down that they, they didn't go into the bathroom, and he was like... Somebody came in here and did this, but it said, I know why I died. And then shortly he moved out. (laughs) Shortly thereafter, he just left. Madison? Yeah, I just, um, (laughs) you know, it's a tricky question because, like, yes, I totally agree with the whole concept of, like, being able to communicate. I feel like that's solely because they're just there to communicate already anyways. So it would just make it a little bit simpler (laughs) to be able to write them a message and things like that. Because, I mean, think about like when you're locking a mirror, you're writing, you're using a sigil usually Mm -hmm. and that's imprinting into the mirror. Um, You know, so I feel like that's definitely a thing. I don't know if it necessarily makes the veil thinner between the two realms. And I don't, I mean, like, it's possible that, like, the entity could get agitated with, like, the fogging. But part of me is, like, I feel like if they're constantly watching, they know routines. Sure. You know, and they're like, I know what this means. Like, they'll eventually get to learn, like, oh, it'll it'll clear up in a second. You know, it's like, (laughs) um, so I feel like, you know, maybe don't write messages to (laughs) entities on the other side of the, the mirror. But it's an interesting concept, and it is... Definitely something worth looking into. Absolutely. That's very, it's kind of a brilliant question. I never, right. never really thought about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it honestly, it's a good way to refresh your sigils too on your mirrors, That's relocking them, yeah. you know, like every once in a while, just giving it a little like into the mirror and the fog. I've never thought about doing that, but you know, it's definitely an interesting concept, but, um, Thank you guys for always sending us really interesting questions and always being very insightful. They're uh, always fun to uh, answer. So uh, if you want to answer or ask some more questions, please definitely utilize our TikTok. You can find it under the Q&A button on Haunted City Podcast. Uh, that is the only place I pull questions from just uh, because it gets very tedious to go through all the TikTok comments and things like that. So if you want to uh, make sure that your question is answered, that is the place to do it. But uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to like and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube or give us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those other good platforms. Uh, but with that, I think that is all we have for you today. So my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, And stay spooky, y'all. <laughs>